Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Peraldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure there's many others as well. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to have you joining me once again today in a game where some uh, some Minnesota Viking fans might be like, Oh, we won! What an amazing comeback! What a great play! Oh, how clutch can it be? Oh, it's the Vikings! And the rest of us will be like, Okay. Yeah. I, I actually got to a point where, you know, like where they'll be saying they got to a point where we were actually rooting against the team because... You know, after Dan Campbell, as they say on Score North, <laughs> went for two a la Mike Tice against the New Orleans Saints 19 years ago in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, I remember all of that 100%. Uh, went for two. Vikings end up winning. They finally got a win. It was like in such a rough season. They had a nice little win there to feel positive moving forward. Looked like Dan Campbell was finally going to get his first win as a Detroit Lion coach and the Vikings with uh, 37 seconds left, Kirk uh, throw the ball in the middle of the field, use up two timeouts, throw the ball in the middle of the field a third time, spike the ball after waiting, waiting, waiting about 10 freaking seconds to let the clock run down, and Greg Joseph makes a 54-yarder. Well, that was nice. I'm happy for Greg Joseph. Wonderful game, except for the 49-yard kick that he was short on. I, I didn't understand that. It was like perfectly lined up, and then it was short. I didn't understand that. You can't, you can't blame the wind on that one as the announcer said today. But, um, wow. Just, yeah, just wow. Uh, yeah, the whole game, it just kind of felt like, yeah, we're probably going to win. But it's like, eh, you know, we don't look like we could beat anybody else hardly. Uh, a team with this much talent is like, you know, it's like driving a Porsche or something. Okay, well, yeah, the offense is pretty, pretty, has a ton of talent. The offensive line is questionable. We'll talk about some of that today, some of that. It's not the main topic, obviously. The offensive play calling is a much bigger topic. It's like driving a Porsche, say, on this nice uh, straightaway road. Beautiful straightaway road. Nobody in the way. No police. Nothing. There's no law about any speed limit whatsoever. Let's just imagine that, okay? And you drive 35 miles an hour the whole time. Yeah, 35 miles an hour. That's about what this offense looked like today in terms of, like, the decision-making. Like, imagine the head coach and offensive coordinator were the drivers. Yeah, that's 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 the decision-making today. You know, okay, sure, we were throwing the ball a bit to Justin Jefferson in the first half, over 100 yards receiving in the first half. Second half, it was just like, you know, handoffs on... <laughs> handoffs that just, you know, on like second and long, third and long. It's been a theme the whole season. A few notes, at least in the first half, when I was taking more and more notes in the first half than the second. The second half was just kind of like... Mm, it's it was uh, yeah we'll get back to that uh Darisaw and Barr finally were playing uh Anthony Barr finally was out there he actually made a couple plays he didn't look too bad out there to be quite honest the defense was solid give Zimmer's defense credit it was pretty solid during the course of the game we'll give him credit there and uh Darisaw, Christian Darisaw finally got to play and he was rotated in and out in and out with Rashad Hill looked terrible once again Darisaw looked slightly better, but he was beat as well. But so was Corey frickin' Stringer out there in his rookie season. I mean, he looked like he was just kind of confused and just kind of standing there and all that. And Corey Stringer went on to, uh, you know, be utterly fantastic until, he is, uh, until his untimely death. Might have been a Hall of Fame left tackle. Might have been. 
Maybe, maybe not, but I, I think there's a real chance he could have been. He was absolutely great. <clears throat> Daristol, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, of course you're going to see mistakes. Of course you're going to see uh, this and that. Rashad Hill's a backup left tackle. And Daristol, I think, should be getting more time out there than he has been. Hopefully next week is the one. Maybe they're just afraid that he's just going to hurt himself again. I don't know. But you'd think he'd be healthy enough. If he's healthy enough to be in an NFL game, he should be okay at this point. Otherwise, it is what it is. Uh, Everson Griffin was all over the place in the game. He was utterly fantastic in terms of pass rush, but a couple of stupid bonehead penalties that didn't freaking help him was dropped in that palm. Illegal hands to the face, a third down and long. That would have, uh, you know, it was a third down and long and an incomplete pass that would have ended a Detroit drive. Ultimately gave uh, Goff and the Detroit Lions the ball back. Now things are falling and dropping because there's too much crap in this place. <laughs> But, uh, yep, third and long. Ended up being a first down when it would have been fourth and time to punt because it was, it was what it was. And, of course, naturally, Detroit gained a little confidence. Derek Goff completed a few passes, got the Detroit Lions in decent field goal range. They could have scored, you never know, but they wound up with a field goal at the very least, getting the Lions moving forward. The Lions actually led 3 nothing at one point in this game, which is funny, but I guess that's okay. I mean, we'll live with that. Uh, Austin Siebert, that was a 52-yarder <clears throat> that got the Lions to their sixth point. It took them forever to finally score again. They struggled throughout the day. Just one mistake after another, generally speaking, and just incomplete passes. And, of course, the Vikings defense was halfway decent most of the way. Austin Siebert, though, again, helped the Lions uh, be in the game for a little while with a couple of field goals. Bit of a baseball, a little bit of a baseball score like the Twins and the Detroit Tigers. Very entertaining matchup this season, too, if you watched baseball. Twins and Detroit Tigers. <laughs> Twins and Detroit Tigers. Yeah. That's, that's, that was great baseball this year. Just, wow. It was awesome. Uh, no, let's uh, <laughs> let's go Milwaukee Brewers, I guess. Let's go San Diego Pod. No, they dropped off the face of the earth. Let's go, uh, <laughs> who am I thinking about now? Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, how about Tampa? Screw Los Angeles. Do you, do you think I want to see Los Angeles win anything? F Los Angeles. F Los Angeles. F Los Angeles. I said it again. Sorry, uh, sorry, Vince Germano, I'm sure. But uh, we'll move on from that. I deeply apologize for my crazy behavior here. I don't know what to say, man. This was this was garbage. It was. And I know you're probably sick of hearing me just badmouth the team and this and that, but uh, who isn't badmouthing the team now? I mean, at this point. Is it low-hanging fruit? Some of it is. I don't think calling uh, <laughs> I don't think calling Delvin Cook last week overrated was low-hanging fruit. In fact, that was quite the opposite. That was getting stung by a giant by a giant hornet or something, or by a scorpion in the desert. You know, like uh, kind of like Coyote Peterson might do on YouTube, something like that. That's it, it's a risky move. People are going to sting me. People are going to bite me. This and that. <laughs> it's going to be something in that direction if you pick uh, Del if you call Delvin Cook overpaid and overrated, which I did, and I stand by that word. Because where was Delvin Cook today? He wasn't healthy. He wasn't available. Oh, he was willing to tough it out, tough it out. Yeah, thanks, dude. You know, just stop getting hurt, okay? Alexander Madison, 113 yards. I thought he was very solid in the game. The blocking was obviously decent sometimes. Sometimes, obviously, the run blocking is usually better than the pass blocking when you talk about the Vikings because that's all we effing care about offensively is running. Uh, Alexander Madison, though, again, with some good blocks down the field and, and uh, a missed tackle that cost the Detroit Lions royally down the stretch. 
cost the Detroit Lions Royal. It was a missed tackle. It would have been actually a three-yard loss. So, again, a lot of these long carries in the NFL wind up that way where somebody misses a tackle where it could have been a loss real early, winds up scampering for 48 yards. That obviously upped Alexander Madison's stats. Most of the game it was two, two to three or four yards in a cloud of dust, but he did have a couple of good plays to be fair. Uh, he did have a receiving touchdown. He caught all seven balls thrown his way, but most of them are checkdowns, which is the typical ultra-conservative, boring-as-Mickey-Frick offense in the history of the planet. What he got in the end zone is, uh, well, <laughs> Garrett Bradbury made himself useful for a moment here. <laughs> since, since he can't really block all that great, him and, uh, him and his buddy Ezra Cleveland came in and uh, smashed into Alexander Madison intentionally from behind to push him over the uh, push him over the pylon. Actually, a very good play. Probably didn't feel too good, but it is what it is. Welcome to football. I mean, you're going to get banged up by somebody or banged up by someone else. Help push Alexander Madison in the end zone for the, uh, yeah, for the touchdown. That's great. Uh, it was the only touchdown in the game until uh, DeAndre Swift much later after uh, Alexander Madison was in the season of giving. Thank you very much. Kirk Cousins, another one of those weird Warren Moon-like interceptions where the ball is batted up like 25 feet in the air. And, of course, every time you see the ball batted up in the air, you just know somehow the other team, the defensive team, whatever team it is, is going to wind up with the ball. In this place, it was Detroit. Woo, frickin' who. Alex Anna Anzalone, who plays a lot of special teams for the Detroit Tiger Lions. Uh, Iverson Griffin, again, a couple of sacks today, but a couple of penalties that were not good at all. They're just stupid penalties. Bullshit penalties. Pardon my French. You know, some of that stuff, it's like illegal hands to the face and all that. And it's like, yeah, you might think it's ticky-tack, but yeah, it was illegal hands to the face. It was an easy call. The refs were extremely tight in this game. There's no question about that. I mean, we're talking really, really tight throughout the entire day. Uh, both both teams were whistled for, <laughs> both clubs, both defenses were whistled for roughing the passer, where you just kind of nudge the quarterback you know, around the helmet area. Obviously, ours was actually worse, because they actually did move Jared Goff's helmet a little bit and say, hey, uh, hey, hey, Miss Tyson, you know, like gym teacher. Miss T, my helmet moved. My helmet moved, Miss T. Up, oh, roughing the passer on Joey. It's like, oh, you son of a, you little. But that's that's you know, unfortunately, that is the rule. Uh, the the, <laughs> the one at Kirk Cousins, it looked. I mean, it looked like you could blow air on the guy, and it would have been considered a pass interference call, or excuse me, a roughing the passer. Oh, it was great. Uh, DJ Wanham was very active in today's game. Let's be fair; he was held multiple times in the game. That's the kind of crap that killed Detroit in this game. Looked like they had uh, some big plays down the field, some big completions, maybe a big running play, whatever it is, but it's usually nice completions down the field. And somebody had held DJ Wanham, where maybe Wanham would have had a sack or, or a, he would have at least gotten to the quarterback, something like that, a, a hurry. Very possibly could have had multiple sacks in the game. But DJ Wanham was very active. This was his best game uh, this year, I, I think, so far this year. DJ Wanham, awesome game. Most of the season, you'd barely heard his name. He barely existed, but he was good. Uh, McKenzie Alexander, we keep hearing how he's actually been the best cornerback on Minnesota. I don't really disagree with that, though I do think Patrick Peterson had a fantastic game, though on uh, one play, though. There was one play where he looked like he was going to get a nice stop. Maybe, you know, okay, the guy caught the ball, but it would have been like not much. 
and then he missed the tackle, and it wound up being a big play for Detroit, unfortunately. He did have multiple pass deflections in the game, did Patrick Peterson, and of course our good friend, Bashar Breland, continues to get targeted and beat and targeted and beat and targeted and beat. And then also, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yes, and penalized in a play where it could have been it could have been holding or pass interference. It was that terrific of a play by Brashad Breland. He's great. Everybody loves him, and wow, we appreciate his presence on the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, seriously, we do. We love him. Uh, James Lynch, always active out there. He's been getting quarterback hurt. I really like what he does. He's in there helping out in the, in the uh, stead of... Uh, Michael Pierce, who's uh, injured, I forget, yep, uh, with the ankle injury, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm getting people mixed up now with Delvin Thomas and Delvin Cook and this guy and that guy and uh, this injury and that injury. Eric Kendrick's absolutely fantastic. Got to see him on the TV. Was it last night or two? Yeah, last night, I believe, having a conversation on Fox Sports North with uh, <laughs> our uh, good buddy Ben Lieber. So he was absolutely great. I could say he was uh, he was probably the best defensive player for Minnesota today. And most of the season, he's usually he that usually is him. Even though he gets beat on occasion, he'll miss a tackle here and there. But generally speaking, Eric Kendricks is as valuable as it gets. Whenever you hear Eric Kendricks is out for Minnesota, unless we're playing like you know a team that just doesn't know how to win, like they're zero and sixteen, which Detroit might be this year because it's looking that way for them. Um, we're probably gonna lose. <laughs> we're probably gonna lose, or we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble one way or another. A lot of ways we've looked at that when uh, Harrison Smith was out in the past as well. But thought the linebackers had a very nice game today. I mean, really appreciate what they brought. Nick Vigil, 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 Vigil was was really nice. Eric Hendricks good, and Anthony Barr very respectable. A lot of times Anthony Barr's been invisible in the past. He actually was more visible today than he's been the last couple of, most of the time in the last five years or so. <clears throat> you, you didn't hear me say that though. Um, yeah, that's kind of my opinion about that guy. Not uh, Dan Barrero wouldn't disagree with me. I'm sure he's he's calling him overrated on a daily basis, and I don't disagree at all. Uh, Zimmer like defense for the most part until that final drive. Again, I mean, it's just a team that uh, the Vikings and the Detroit Lions are, like, kind of the same in terms of, like, uh, yeah, so we're doing well right now. We're, we're having a nice drive, but we're going to fumble the ball here. Or we're going to get a stupid-ass Mickey freaking penalty that's going to give you a first down. Or we're going to we're gonna get a stupid holding call and then check down, you know, to do a check down or handoff on second and 17. It just seems like we're the same effing team that way. I would have to say Detroit's a little more aggressive, obviously, which isn't saying much because the Vikings are the most in, uh, unaggressive team in the history of football right now, at least in the last 20 years. I mean, it's uh, the last 20-year history. It's been pretty bad. It's been pretty bad. Greg Joseph again, though. Great effing game. Great game by Greg Joseph. I'm sorry for cursing so much. Kind of uh, like halfway cursing, but everybody knows what I mean, what I mean when I say that. Great game. Obviously made uh, multiple 38-yarders. We appreciate that. I mean, hey, you know, we could be talking about him missing him and then saying, get the heck rid of Greg Joseph. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. But he made both of those, and then he made a 55-yarder, which was absolutely awesome, which put the Vikings in a position that we thought would win the game. See, it was the Gary Anderson special where you put the Vikings up by 10, you're probably going to win the game. Probably going to win the game. Yeah. But then he also made a 54-yarder to win the game. So Greg Joseph, 
you know, at least, he's at least a Kai Forback level kind of guy right now for the Vikings, where he can make those big 50-plus yarders in big moments, even against uh, crappy teams, where, uh, yeah, Forbath made a 55-yarder against the New Orleans Saints in a game the Vikings also thought they had won at that stage. We thought we were going to win that game, and then things changed dramatically after that, and luckily we did still win with a miracle. Minneapolis miracle. Today was a much weaker version of a Minneapolis miracle against a much weaker team. <laughs> but the kicker made made both 50-plus yarders. It's just, it was weird how he missed a 49-yarder, him being Greg Joseph. Not because it was inaccurate, not because it was shanked, not because, uh, you know, it got blocked, not because there was a lot of wind. He just kicked it short. I, 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 okay, he kicked it short. Okay, but, well, he made four of five, and hell of a game by Greg Joseph. Hell of a game, hell of a game. <laughs> <laughs> this might be, just imagine if today, just imagine if this was 1989 and Jerry Burns was the coach of the Vikings and, uh, you know, Snuckles, the offensive coach, we could, we could reenact the whole thing. But at least we got in the end zone once, so maybe not. <laughs> that was funny. Funny situation there. <clears throat> I'm almost in denial at this point. Is this a playoff team? Uh, no, this looks like the this looks like the this looks like the Mike Tice Vikings of 2002 right now. We beat Detroit! Yes! Remember that? Remember when we beat Detroit and we were so excited? Mike, you know that's what it was like. We finally beat somebody, you know. And okay, you know, you know, you know, yeah. But that's what it felt like in a lot of ways. Not exciting at all. And again, I'm going to admit to you, I was actually rooting against the Vikings after the two-point conversion. And it's like, watch, we're going to somehow complete a couple passes and make a field goal. No, we won't. We're going to fail here. And then we do succeed. That figures. We do succeed because the other team's got even worse luck than us in the big moments. <laughs> the whole bleeping season Detroit has just been, you know, cursed. Just like the Vikings have been pretty much cursed the whole bleeping season as well, except the Seattle game. Because Seattle couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop your mama, so to speak out there. Was it entertaining football? No. Was last week entertaining? The first drive was, maybe portions of the first half. The first drive was, was entertaining. First quarter was good, and the game quickly, and the game kept declining as the uh, as it progressed. I, I, what more is there to say? I, I, I feel like I'm almost saying too much. It, it's, you know, I'm glad that Patrick Peterson had some good moments. I'm ha glad that Everson Griffin's having a nice renaissance, except for the effing penalties. I'm glad that Christian Derrissaw played, except he didn't play much. I'm glad that uh, Greg Joseph made, made his kicks, but he didn't make them all. Yeah, see, I'm just nitpicking now. I'm glad that Justin Jefferson had 100 plus, uh, had 124 yards, but we stopped giving him the ball in the second half. <laughs> I'm happy Alexander Bazin had 113 yards, but yeah, that's just because of that's just because of one big mistake by a Detroit defender. I'm happy Kirk Cousins had a really high uh, quarterback percentage, or excuse me, completion percentage. Okay, I won't complain about that. I thought he was solid in the game and the tip pass. Kirk Cousins is probably the most valuable player on the Vikings right now, which is sad because you just know if you're in a big moment with him, maybe you'll win a wild card round. After that, you'll you know he'll do what he does. And, you know, you get to the second or third round. Somehow you get to the NFC title game by the grace of God with Kirk Cousins as quarterback. I'm not sure he would string three three games in a row where he would be, like, you know, an elite quarterback. I'm just not convinced of that because it's never happened before. This was his fourth come-from-behind victory as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. So, fourth. That's it. 
So, I mean, what more is there to say? Again, you can't blame Kirk Cousins for Delvin Cook fumbling. You can't blame Kirk Cousins for Alexander Madison fumbling today, which was just ridiculous how he fumbled. Just like Delvin Cook fumbled, we're driving down the field. We're going to put the game completely on ice. We're going to be up by double digits. It's going to be like a solid little win for Minnesota. Cute little win. And then it gave Detroit hope. They marched down the field, score a touchdown, get the extra point. And this was again after, uh, again, the Gary Anderson situation where Greg Joseph failed to put the Vikings up by 10. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and again, the Vikings offense was conservative as hell. The, the whole game except the final couple plays and even those plays I think were idiotic most of them just kind of throwing the ball in the middle of the field I'm glad they were completed the second last play other than the kick though that was another check down like three like a short little gain which drove me absolutely nuts pissed me off but well welcome to Minnesota I guess as a Minnesota Viking fan the last uh, eight years or so with uh, Zimmer and that's why we've had like 19 different coordinators since he's been the head coach. Slight exaggeration. Slight exaggeration in that case. Oh, Kevin Stefanski, wherefore art thou Kevin Stefanski? <sighs> These two teams look like teams that just don't know how to win football games, honestly. They don't know how to win. But luckily Detroit knew how to win less than we did. They couldn't make the stops. They couldn't bat away one little pass when it mattered most. If they batted away one more play, they probably win the game. And unfortunately, they just didn't get it done. Detroit's just a little bit worse than us. And history was on the Viking side to help Minnesota jump up, jump out of our graves and rise like a phoenix and finish the game with a 2-3 and three record. And Detroit drops to 0-5. Poor Dan Gamble. I, I mean, he was very emotional, very sad after the game. Not angry but very sad. He was actually sad, and I feel for him a little bit, actually. You might think I'm being silly, but I do a little bit. And let's just get to the awards. I'm going to just jumble all over myself, jumble, stumble, and make a moron of myself. And you'll be like, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. It's a, He's been on the air for 13, 14 years, and he's talking like a... He's, he's talking like a fourth grader who can't stop babbling. So... That's what I'm afraid that you guys might be thinking right now. I'm afraid you just might. The Fran Tarkington Award for this game, you know, that's the other thing. This is the urban legend. It's an urban legend of urban legends when it comes to the Fran Tarkington Award for this show. Oh, it was going to be Alexander Madison until he fumbled. It was going to be Greg Joseph until he missed a 49-yarder. It was going to be Everson Griffin until he got penalized twice the second time. It was going to be... <laughs> ah, he missed that 49-yarder that would have iced the game. It was going to be one of those three guys. And then I'm like, okay, it's going to still be Greg Joseph because he made a 54-yarder. Greg Joseph is going to bring it home. Eric Kendrick's a strong honorable mention. In fact, you could argue he can share it. But Greg Joseph has to get the Fran Tarkington Award for this show. He made two 50-plus yarders. He made both of the you know 38-yarders. We appreciate what he did. Annoying as hell that he missed the 39-yarder coming up short. That was annoying. Come on, man. Come on. You had the accuracy. Come on, man. How, how do you come up short on that? So hopefully he can get his head out of somewhere when it comes to that kick. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? And blah, blah, blah. The uh, Christian Potter Memorial for today's show. 
Oh, my. Oh, ah. Well, it's not Everson Griffin because he had two sacks and he was extremely strong the whole game. It's not Bashad Breeland, even though he was terrible the whole day. What the heck is this? This Chris Herndon bull, 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 bull crap bullshit. What the hell is Chris Herndon? He's out there for a couple plays and he gets penalized twice. I didn't even mention that. It's an urban legend, though, at how hard it was to come to the Fred Tarkin Award because they kept, they kept pushing it away. I was handing it to them and they pushed it away. They said, no, that's okay. Give it to someone else. That was the urban legend for the show. The yeah, it's going to wind up being um, Chris Herndon. He's going to be the uh, Christian Ponder Memorial because you finally get in there. And, of course, Rick Spielman's going to get it as well. Because what kind of trade was that? And you can give it to Zimmer, too. Because, I mean, you give up a fourth rounder for this guy. And you never see him. And you finally get him out there in week five. And he's penalized twice in just the fashion of, like, he's just confused and lost and doesn't know what the hell's going on out there. And, of course, you always heard in the past how, uh, well, we heard when we got him anyway. Most of us hadn't really heard of him that much. Just a little bit especially if you're in some super deep fantasy football league or something, um, that, that he doesn't really try hard all the time. He plays when he wants to play. Welcome to professional sports these days with these big bucks. He doesn't. He plays when he wants to play, that kind of thing. And, well, today he didn't want to play. Because if he did want to play, he would have made better plays than two effing penalties in like, ten, you know, in a couple minutes. <laughs> Drive-killing type penalties, man. And, of course, again, offensive play calling was as atrocious as I've seen. I've seen some bad play calling. We all have. We all have. There's a reason why Snuckle was booed lustily by the Vikings fan base in 1989. No matter how much Jerry Burns curses us out, he sucked. Okay? He sucked. <laughs> and being overloyal wasn't going to help. Um, and today, Kubiak sucked. And, and and Zimmer has sucked forever when it, in terms of... Uh, you know, allowing his, empowering his offense, because he is the head coach, empowering his offense to be able to actually accomplish more, give them the keys to the car, rather than put a freaking governor in the accelerator, stopping a, a Porsche from going beyond 35 miles an hour, and that's pretty much what he did, at least after a couple of nice plays by Justin Jefferson in the first half. With that said, I've rambled enough. Hopefully you didn't mind that too much. <laughs> We'll take a quick break, and we will preview next week's game against Carolina. Isn't that exciting as we head into the bye? But we're also going to look across the National Football League, Chicago Bias and Las Vegas Raiders and other type of games of the NFC North. Chicago Bias actually showing up to play a little bit, a little bit so far. Uh, game obviously hasn't concluded at the moment. It's still in the first half. The Bias are up 13-3, to by the way, just so you know. Fun. Okay, sorry, I'm just I'm distracted watching that. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to that NFL roundup. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Going to look around the league now, just like we always do on Sunday night. Got a little baseball flashing in the background at the moment. It's going to switch back over to Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills, one of the biggest and most exciting 
more anticipated games in a while. I guess we'll switch over now. What the heck? I guess it already, yeah, I already got started here. <clears throat> Rematch of the AFC Championship game. But uh, let's go back where we need to be. Los Angeles Rams and Seattle. Finally a decent Thursday night game. Very cool. And Seattle continues to lose. And now they lose uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson for several weeks. So I'll just have to... <laughs> Seattle's season is probably... Probably on the fritz at this moment. Geno Smith is the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Not exactly in Russell Wilson's camp at this stage. Matthew Stafford, he had an interception. Every quarterback had an interception in this game. There were three quarterbacks. They each had one interception and one touchdown. That's an interesting phenomenon. I've never seen that happen before. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. That's an urban legend. That's for sure. At the end of the day, it was a, you know, it was a solid, solid Thursday night game, but the Rams pretty much took over things in the third quarter and didn't relent after that. Of course, again, losing Russell Wilson is not going to help Seattle's cause. The Rams got beat pretty bad by Arizona last week in Arizona. They just keep going. Cooper Cup continues to be absolutely great. Robert Woods outshined him a bit in this one, though, with 150 yards. Cup at 192. Or, excuse me, Cup at 92, not 192. But an overall entertaining football game. And L.A. very much in the playoff hunt, I'd have to say. 4-1 and one on the season. Seattle drops down to 2-3. and three. Let's try to move quickly now. The <laughs> Now we're going back to England here again. Those Sunday morning Sunday morning games here in the United States. I'm surprised either one of these teams has a win, especially the Jets. The Jets actually won a game this year. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, the Jets won a game. Wow. The just end the seasons. Just end the season. Get it? Get it? Okay, sorry. That's how bad they are. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, just more of the same, about 50% completion and, and interception. Matt Ryan was a lot better. One of his better Matt Ryan-like games. They gave, gave uh, Cordell Patterson a chance on a play to throw the ball, one of those fun trick plays. He actually led the club in rushing and was second in receiving, receiving part of me. Kyle Pitts was the most exciting offensive player outside of Matt Ryan for Atlanta. But generally speaking, you had a pretty good idea who was going to win this game the whole time. New York tried to kind of sort of make it somewhat, somewhat close as uh, at the end of the game. But things uh, obviously <clears throat> did not work out for the New York Jets. I kind of wish they won. It would be kind of cool to see them win a game once in a while, but it just didn't happen. Atlanta, 27-20. to 20. Green Bay versus Cincinnati. We'll get to that much, much later. Denver and Pittsburgh. How about that? How about that? Pittsburgh, uh, well, looks like Denver's running into a wall here, but of course, no Teddy Bridgewater. The winning attitude's gone. Sorry for the back and forth. Actually, Teddy did play. I'm mixed up in the head. I kept thinking he wasn't going to, but he did. Uh, sure attempted a lot of passes, but they were behind, of course, them being the Denver Broncos. And Pittsburgh ends up winning the game. Ben Roethlisberger, much more efficient than he's been most of the season. Najee Harris again. I mean, <laughs> obviously... A huge factor, but not over the top this time. Only targeted five times by Ben Roethlisberger in the offense. And Chase Claypool returning with 130 yards. Good for him. Another solid performance. Najee Harris very good on the ground, though, about five yards a carry and very consistent. Can't really win a game when you're giving up five yards a carry. And Denver doesn't do that very often. Uh, their running game was excellent in the game. It was Denver's, but they were behind. And that hurt their chances, unfortunately. Bridgewater, all right in the game. Definitely all right. And good thing he came back from that concussion protocol and is back out playing. But now Denver's lost two in a row. Pittsburgh's kind of sort of trying to climb back in the hunt at two and three. Denver drops to three and two. Tampa versus Miami, the Battle of Florida. Mm. 
Well, <laughs> Tampa recently lost to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. It's like it's crazy. All these <laughs> this team beat that team, and that team beat this team, and this and that, and this and that. It's kind of funny how that all comes together. Tampa just annihilated Miami after the. It looked like the Dolphins were coming off to a nice early lead, and they're thinking, "Yeah, that's not going to last." And of course, it didn't. Again, J Jacoby Brissett, another solid, okay performance, but generally speaking, Miami just doesn't have it. They just don't have it. And Tampa does. It's just that simple. Oh my god, I just can't even believe what I'm seeing. I can't believe Blaine Gabbert completed all three of his passes. What do you think of that? Blaine Gabbert completed all three of his passes. Yeah, no, it's more like Tom Brady, five touchdown passes. Good god, that guy is just insane. About 75% completion. I mean, it's just... I mean, what more is there to say? Is he not the greatest ever? Is he not the greatest ever? I know, people are probably sick of hearing it. But he is. Yep, and this is the team that used to drive him crazy when he was on the New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins would find a way to win sometimes. And then, of course, back in the day... Nah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, New England used to beat Miami, where an aging Dan Marino would get frustrated. And it was kind of sad and disappointing, I guess. Because I didn't really like New England before Brady was there. But once he got there, man... Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Miami just cannot get the job done, though, obviously. They are just, uh, you know, they had a nice little start, and then things went the wrong direction pretty quickly for the Miami Dolphins in Tampa. It's just an annihilation fest. 45-17, to 17, Dolphins 1-4, and four, Tampa 4-1, and one, and there's another Florida team that really sucks, but uh, we'll worry about them later. So far, 0-0 zero, zero between Kansas City and Buffalo, about midway through the First quarter, part of me in Buffalo. Well, excuse me, Kansas City is driving, unfortunately, because I'd rather see Buffalo in. New Orleans versus the Washington W's. And now the W's, that's another team that was off to a nice start, and now they just keep losing. And New Orleans, I don't know what they are. I don't know who the New Orleans Saints are. One week they're pretty damn prolific. The next week they're just awful. Well, they were closer to prolific, I guess. Uh, Jameis Winston only completed 50% of his passes, yet somehow threw four touchdowns. He did have an interception. Taylor Heineke, way, coming, definitely coming back to down to earth, 50% of his passes. This had to be a pain in the ass to watch, and I guess we're kind of used to that around here in Minnesota these days. Another one of those games where just things weren't clicking so hot, though the New Orleans Saints were somehow scoring points like crazy. Marquez Callaway, a couple touchdowns. Dante uh, Harris, Alvin Kamara, he had two overall touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, but Winston, four touchdown passes in a weird, ugly football game, but a victory for the New Orleans Saints nonetheless. Three to two, uh, three and two on the year, and the Washington Ws dropped down to two and three. They just, I don't know, they look like they were going to be a, a good team this year, but that's what happens when quarterbacks get hurt, and then the backup uh, looked good for a minute, and now not so much. They don't really have a long-term solution at quarterback. Maybe they'll take Kirk Cousins back. Maybe. Hmm. Probably not. Well, let's digress back to where we need to be. Carolina, let's be quiet with that one. Philly, yeah, no. <laughs> I almost jumped into that one. That would have been a terrible mistake. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers when we feel like it, right? We'll talk about them when we feel like it. Jacksonville, God. Well, there is a team worse than the Detroit Lions. There's no question about it. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they absolutely have a solution at quarterback. Both teams have a uh, quarterback who has taken number one overall in the draft. Jared Goff apparently labeled as kind of a semi-bust by the Los Angeles Rams. 
but uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been labeled a bust just yet. A little too early for that, but just a weird football game, uh, obviously, but at the same time, Mike Zimmer must be coaching this one. Yeah, obviously, he would if Derrick Henry. He would love to if Derrick Henry was the running back. Only attempting 22 passes in Ryan Tannehill's case, but extremely efficient. He just continues to be that type of guy out there, despite the fact the passing game isn't really utilized all a whole lot, but it's, it's less less potential for interceptions. Harold Landry III had a couple of sacks in the game for the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville, there's just nothing exciting about them at all. Other than, I guess, their defense is pretty solid at times. They get a nice little pass rush. They have a nice little pass rush on occasion, but generally speaking, there is just... And, I, and of course, yes, James, James Robinson. I think he's my favorite player on the Jaguars. You want to think it's, it's Trevor Lawrence, obviously. He's going to be fantastic, this and that, but he's not up to a good start, and it is what it is. In Jacksonville, he probably could use a couple more weapons, though a nice, solid running game from James Robinson. Really, really strong week for him. 149 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He just continues to kind of be an uh, excellent player at the end of the day. But Jacksonville's now 0-5 on the year. 37-19, not even close. And they were at home where the Jacksonville Jaguars and still got obliterated by the Tennessee Titans. New England at Houston. People were actually picking Houston to beat New England and, you know, they almost did. They almost did. New England won only their second game of the year despite barely, barely losing last week to Tampa. It's kind of funny. Barely, barely losing to Tampa. Kicker doinked the ball off the upright. That'll happen. You're going to not end up winning games that way. Nick Folk doinking the ball off of the upright. This week he made all four of his field goals, but missed an extra point. Still 13 points if you're a fantasy baller for Nick Folk. Good for him. Mac Jones, another solid game, and he did have a very solid performance against uh, the other guy on the sidelines who used to be the quarterback of the Patriots. <laughs> it was a nice showing by both quarterbacks in the game and a good showing by the Patriots' defense as well. But, of course, again, Brady was victorious like he usually would be in New England in Gillette Stadium. Davis Mills, really solid game for the Houston Texans. Definitely, I would say he outplayed Mac Jones in a big way. Three touchdown passes, very, very efficient. Quarterback rating way up there, near perfect. But just not a whole lot else going on. And Houston just couldn't get the job done when they needed to. Almost, almost, but it just wasn't meant to be. Mac Jones put his team in position to win the game, just like he did last week. And this time, Nick Folk couldn't blow a 21-yarder, thankfully, for the Patriots. Though they would have gone to overtime, on four, and we all know how those can go. Usually when you're the team that misses and blows it at the end, you're the one that ends up losing. <laughs> oh, man. Bummer. Vince Germano and Browns fans. This one had to be a bummer. Epic battle between the Chargers. The Los Angeles Superchargers are the Superchargers now. They are electric. They are outstanding. 47 points. 47-42. to 42, Last week's opponent, the Cleveland Browns, who, well, they didn't play well at all. Let's be honest. Both Minnesota and Detroit didn't play well today either. It's been week after week after week of two teams that played like crud. And the Vikings end up coming out, well... Yeah, we actually won this one, but most of the time we don't. Well, this is what happens, though, when you have the better quarterback. Baker Mayfield actually played very well, let's be honest. Let's be fair, he played very well. He was better than last week, and he was honest about it. He was honest that he stunk last week. And my goodness, I mean, Cleveland had great numbers all over the place. Nick Chubb, 161 yards on the ground. Kareem Hunt, a couple touchdowns. Chubb actually had one as well. Baker Mayfield threw for a couple. David 
Njoku, David Njoku, my goodness, caught all seven of his targets, 149 yards. What an outstanding game. Unfortunately for Cleveland, it's just they just weren't able to get it done. In the end, the Chargers just kind of took over. Cleveland was up 42-35 with about five minutes remaining in the game, but the Chargers just kind of took over. They were able to get within one, and then ultimately it just didn't work out for Cleveland because the Chargers would score again. The Cleveland Browns couldn't do anything after that. They lost control of the ball. Or, I mean, yeah, they ended up giving up the, uh, the ball back to the San Diego Superchargers, the Los Angeles Superchargers. Justin Herbert, a near-perfect game as well. About 400 yards, four touchdowns, an outstanding performance. And the Chargers are 4-1 and one now. So, hell of a lot better than last year. Whew, it's too bad that, I mean, yeah, I mean... Last year, Justin Herbert was decent, and then, wow, here we go. I mean, I'm sure Jacksonville's hoping and praying to God that uh, Trevor Lawrence will have this type of uh, this type of <laughs> an improvement in the offseason. We'll see what happens, this type of growth in the offseason. But, boy, Chargers are ready to be a force in the AFC, I think, right away. Uh, they are a dangerous team right now. We'll see what happens. We'll see how long they hold up during the course of the season. But really nice start in the first five games. Dallas-New York Giants, a classic matchup of the NFC East for many, 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 many years, and the frickin' Cowboys always would come out on top, except in except in the uh, the mid to late 2000s, we'll say. That's when the Giants were winning Super Bowls, uh, despite a mediocre record, and Dallas would have a gaudy record and gaudy numbers and all this excitement, and they'd choke in the playoffs, which I loved very much, because how can you stand the Cowboys? How can you stand them? Mike Glennon played for the Giants today because Daniel Jones was awful. 5 of 13. Guy who people were saying was having a solid year. He was terrible. Couldn't complete a pass for his life in the game. And Glennon threw a couple of interceptions. He didn't help a whole lot either. It was just Dallas, 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 Dallas. Ugh. 44 to 20. <sighs> not fun. Not fun. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I'm not a fan of the what the Giants have become the last several years now. They're, they're a disaster. Let's just be honest. They're a disaster. AFC, no, excuse me, NFC West. My goodness. Well, San Francisco, unfortunately, they are going to be hanging around third place all year, it looks like, and, not, and probably not going to make the playoffs. Arizona and L.A., I think they're going to the postseason. Arizona is now 5 and oh. Arizona is rolling, is ruling the league right now, believe it or not. Crazy to think the Vikings had these guys beat until our guy who could make a 55-yarder and a 54-yarder today somehow come up short on a perfect kick. It was perfectly accurate. Came up short on a 49-yarder, and he couldn't make one from, what was it, 30, 39? Couldn't make one from 39. And, uh, well, that, that uh, helped Arizona with their per, uh, have a perfect record at 5-0 and at this stage. Man, man, man. Arizona overcomes San Francisco 17-10 in a not very exciting game, to be quite honest. They scored the first two, uh, they had the first two scores in the game, 10 to nothing. San Francisco couldn't do anything until very late in the third quarter. They finally got in the end zone, and Arizona struggled against that pretty solid San Francisco defense. Kyler Murray didn't have his great game, didn't have the greatest game of his life, that's for sure. DeAndre Hopkins, though, finally getting a touchdown as he'd been definitely quiet to start out the season. Definitely had a better game today than he had for a while because he'd been targeted so much by opposing defenses. He'd been shadowed very nicely by opposing defenses because obviously it's such a dangerous, dangerous duo of Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. 
just the minute DeAndre Hopkins got in Arizona, it was like, whoa, this is a, an awesome combination. Awesome. Uh, terrible trade by Houston. We've talked about it a billion times now. And it helped uh, create a team in Arizona that just might just might win a Super Bowl someday. They just might. And frankly, I wouldn't be mad if they did. The only thing that would be disappointing is it would be yet another franchise that has floundered for decades that got a Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings when the Vikings had a million chances over the last 50, 60 years to win a Super Bowl. And then another team that was the St. Louis Cardinals, the Phoenix Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. They got to one Super Bowl. They barely lost it to the effing Steelers. I mean, barely lost it. I wish they won. But um, it'd be yet another one of those teams that other than those little jump-up years, they've they've struggled forever for about 40, 50 years in the NFL. (sighs) Well, it would be another one, just like the Saints, just like the Buccaneers. I could go on all day about the teams that uh, ended up getting Super Bowls before the Vikings. And, uh, you know, it's just... <laughs> the Patriots, they struggled forever. They had a couple of good little teams, and, and now they only have six championships, so they're up there with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the greatest franchise of all time. Yeah, well, Kansas City is not the greatest franchise of all time, but I'm sure their fan base is thinking they'll be that in the next five years. I don't think they're going to win six Super Bowls. I don't. And, uh, well, the first one was, you know, 50-plus years ago, so that one... It, it counts as a Super Bowl, but it doesn't count as this group, I guess, where the Patriots all did it in the same era. Man. Mm. By the way, Trey Lance, yeah, he struggled mightily against uh, Arizona. Kyler Murray was just okay. He wasn't bad. It was just kind of a grinded-out defensive battle between the two teams. Arizona's obviously got a pass rush. They're dangerous. They have a little bit of everything going on. Chandler Jones, no sacks. Chandler, Chandler Jones, watch. <laughs> No sacks in the game. <laughs> uh, Kansas City is up three to nothing. Like I said, Josh Allen showing off that mobility some more. Big play just now. I just missed it. Split second ago, thirty-three yards and two rushes so far for your friend Josh Allen, who hopefully uh, beats Kansas City tonight and beats them later on in the postseason. I hope so. Looks like they're in. Yeah, they're at first and goal. Josh Allen drops back a few steps and throws it to nobody. That's disappointing. Oh, well. Good defense by Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yes, their defense is just so great. It's the greatest defense of all time. No. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Well, where do we go first? Chicago? Where is Chicago? Because obviously I skipped over them for a reason. Let's go to Chicago, Las Vegas. What is going on here? What happened? And I had this one on, off and on, throughout the uh, afternoon here. As I was going for walks and enjoying the strange weather. It was good weather for a minute, and then it got cloudy, and then sunny, and cloudy, and sunny. It was one of those kind of days, but at least it didn't rain. Nice little breeze. The Bears went into Las Vegas, a team that has improved very nicely. With their clutch quarterback, who is Mr. Fourth Quarter. Mr. Fourth Quarter in a big way. And they beat Kansas, uh, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders Pretty convincingly, to be quite honest. The Red Rifle threw one pass in the game, but Justin Fields actually had one of his, uh, well, had his best game so far. (laughs) 12 of 20 for 111 yards and a touchdown. All right. Well, it was his best game so far. He only rushed three times for four yards. So, uh, okay, nothing too exciting there. But Derek Carr was defended very nicely throughout the day. Chicago Bears gave him a hell of a time. 
And that's just how that goes. Daniel Carlson made the only field goal he was able to attempt in the game as that Vegas offense struggled all day. All freaking day. They didn't get in the end zone. Or no, they did. They had to have. And then they missed the two-pointer. That's where you get the odd score. Daniel Carlson made a 31-yarder. And Josh Jacobs, obviously a star running back for the Raiders. Finally got them in the game at 14-9. Midway through the fourth, it's like, okay, Vegas is going to come back and win this, right? The Bears defense just shut them down, and they attempted a couple more field goals and made them both did the Bears. Las Vegas, Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe, a couple of sacks in the game. Hmm. And I doubt they had to give up a... Uh, I doubt they had to give up a draft pick to get him either. I don't think they did. I don't think they gave up a draft pick to get Yannick Ngakwe. I don't think they gave it. No, okay, I'll shut up now. The Bears, the pass rush was good. They gave, they had three sacks in the game, but it was more or less just, obviously, just stout defense. And it's just not a good day for Derek Carr. Obviously, he was shut down pretty nicely through one interception and a deep play, attempting to get something going to generate something. Just trying to get something going. And then you had the interception. Things otherwise just, I don't know, just wasn't meant to be. That Bears secondary had a, had a hell of a day. And the Bears... Don't look now. They're three and two. The Chicago Bears are three and two on the season. I bet a lot of you were thinking, "Yeah, right. They're not going to be. They're not going to be in the playoff contention." Well, they are right now. They are right now. And if they keep winning games like this, well, okay, because Las Vegas should be a playoff team. <sighs> Otherwise, this is one of those kind of games that Vegas is going to be kicking themselves. It's just another reason the freaking Vegas Raiders slash Oakland Raiders the last couple of years didn't make the playoffs again because they just they just had another you know they just laid another egg in their home field I don't know that's that's kind of how Vegas has been the last few years and you got this weird email situation with but it was like how many years ago now about 10 years ago right weird email situation with John Gruden I don't know I'm not going to comment on it that's not really my my place at this time I don't know. It's it's what it is. <laughs> I better just be quiet. But the Bears, the Bears are a very strong, solid second place team in the NFC North. It, it, it ain't us. It's the Bears. And right now they're a wild card type of team right now. They'd probably lose in the first round, maybe get to the divisional round and hope for the best. Green Bay Slackers, uh, they did what the Vikings didn't do. Fin finished the job in Cincinnati this time. See, Cincinnati had the Vikings beat and then the Vikings had Cincinnati beat. Just uh, get the job done. Make a field goal or get in the end zone or whatever the heck it would have taken. But the son of a biscuit, Delvin Cook, Mr. Billion Dollars a Year, Delvin Cook, Mr. I Can't Stay Healthy, Mr. I Can't Hang On to the Ball, Delvin Cook, <laughs> Mr. I'm Playing Hurt, I'm Playing Hurt, so don't get too mad if I only play half of the game or obviously the coaches aren't going to play him because, well, you know, I, you know, you know, because they're, they're, it's just how that goes as well. He's on a pitch count, you know. Come on. <laughs> and this is this is from the guys that all they care about is running the ball. <sighs> Instead, Green Bay did what we didn't do. Yeah, they, you know, Mason Crosby actually made his kick after missing a few earlier. And the Packers frickin' beat the frickin' Cincinnati Bengals. Ah, much to our chagrin, twenty-five to twenty-two. Ugh, God, that sucks. Cincinnati, I mean, Green Bay was winning most of the way. Cincinnati tied it up late and had us all very excited with three and a half minutes remaining. You're hoping for the best. You're hoping and praying 
that things wouldn't work out for the Packers. And Cincinnati would, when they got the ball back, they'd do something, but they didn't do something. They just didn't get the job done when they had an opportunity. And it's just a darn shame. It really is. And Green Bay obviously ends up finishing the job in OT versus the Bungles. I remember when the Vikings went to overtime versus the Bungles, I was thinking, oh, God, that's really scary. That sucks. That's embarrassing. Cincinnati's 3-2, and two, Green Bay 4-1, first place in the NFC North with that ugly, ugly hairdo. I don't know what's going on with uh, Aaron Rodgers now with the hairdo. Funny, interesting State Farm commercial, and you can see that weird hairdo on display there. Oh, boy. Mm. Joe Burrow threw a couple of INTs, and so did Aaron Rodgers in the game. Trey Hendricks and a couple of sacks for Cincinnati, but Green Bay, they have that stranglehold. On the, on the NFC on the NFC North at the moment. Devontae Adams only had 206 yards in the game. Yep, so obviously he's a, pretty much a first-round pick in fantasy football. Pretty much, depending on how things are going. Now, obviously the passing game is considered a bigger deal in fantasy football in this day and age, even though running backs are still capable of having huge, huge days. Devontae Adams definitely got to be the number one receiver taken in most fantasy drafts over this last uh back in September and, and late August. Uh, well, looks like it's Green Bay's division at the, at this time. It sure does. Uh, Bears second. Minnesota's a th- strong third place. We're in strong, steady third place now because Detroit's 0-5. They're riding the pine. We're, we're third place. We should be proud and, and loud and happy and all that. But I'm not. I'm not at the end of the day, unfortunately. The Carolina Panthers, we'll get to that very, very shortly. It's it's, you know, we've had some good games. We've had some games that screwed up our season. We've had a couple of times that that took place. It's extremely frustrating. And the, <laughs> so some of those that messed up our seasons will go all the way back to 2009. We just love our little history lesson, don't we, every week. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. Minnesota's 9-6-0 versus Carolina. Carolina Panthers entered the NFL in 1995, along with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carolina Panthers. Mm, we've played them four, no, 15 times now. Carolina's outscored the Vikings because in the games Carolina won. Some of them were a little on the lopsided. Uh, were a little lopsided. Minnesota won the first three back in the old days. And you remember Carolina got to the conference finals way, way, way back in 1996. And then Green Bay knocked them down. Pretty, pretty handily in the NFC title game. Carolina had dethroned the Dallas Cowboys the week before. That was a really nice feeling for a lot of us. But again, Minnesota, three wins in a row to open things up. And then Carolina, three wins in a row in 2001. A terrible, terrible Vikings team. And terrible, terrible Carolina team. This was the only win of the season. It was the season opener, the kick return. The opening kickoff for the season was kicked to Steve Smith. I'm trying to remember who the Vikings kicker was that year. Was it Gary Anderson still in 2001? And no, it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been, was it? I don't know. Like, uh, but uh, opening kickoff, 93 yards for a touchdown. 17 seconds into the game, of course. So again, it was an opening kickoff. Chris Winky, Minnesota native, but a terrible, terrible quarterback. It was like a, he was in college until he was like 30 years old, and he was just below average at best. Mm, man, this was a painful, painful day. Tim Biakabatuka. <laughs> I love that name. Remember? <laughs> classic. Classic name, of course. Mm, got to love that. 
Right, remember who? Yep, our kicker was... Who was our kicker? It was Gary Anderson. Yep, so it was Gary Anderson with the kickoff. It actually might... Yeah, it was Mitch Berger, though. He did the kickoffs back then. Yeah, because Gary Anderson is like 90 years old. So... <laughs> Yep, it was Gary Anderson. That's right, he hung around one more year there. He was here for a while, it was fun. But yep, opening kickoff, Carolina with George Seifert, multiple Super Bowl champion 49ers. Shows you that it isn't always the coach, sometimes it's the player, sometimes it's the coach, sometimes it's the fact that San Francisco was freaking awesome. And uh, Carolina won in 15 that year, and they fired George Seifert, of course, and Dennis Green got fired later that season. Vikings finished 5-11. and 11. Good riddance, Dennis Green. I'd had enough myself. Mike Tice's club lost the next two uh, attempts back in 2 and 5 Vikings were off to a terrible start. And, yep, that was... That's what I thought. Yep, the end of uh, October, that's what it was. Carolina just destroyed the Vikings, and Culpepper's career took a turn... That would uh, that would never be the same again. Obviously, his knee was ripped up pretty harshly as he was obviously getting tackled. His knee went the wrong way. A helmet, I believe, kind of got in there as well. ACL, MCL, and I think the meniscus. It was a little bit of everything there. Cole Pepper was never the same. Never played another game for Minnesota, even though uh, he was on the Vikings. But Brad Childress said, hell with you. When Cole Pepper refused to come back here to, to work out, he would work out only in, in uh, Florida. And that was the end of that. 38-13. to 13. Vikings actually improved dramatically after that. That was a fun season with Brad Johnson, but, well, you know, we'll just move on from that. Vikings end up not doing anything, though. Missed the playoffs. Tice was let go, and, you know, this was the, the, the boat and all that bull crap as well. Embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing situation. I believe it was during this game... Or was it the next week? I think it was in this game when they were kicking our butts that Steve Smith rode the boat. Yeah, because uh, it was right about that time. Steve Smith rode the boat to mock us and laugh at all of us. Yeah, because I believe that was right before Culver got hurt and all that. So, fun, fun, fun day for us. Vikings won a couple in a row. A little overtime win in 06. La-di-da. And we beat Carolina in early 2008. Lost to them in 09. This was the heartbreaker. This was a very disappointing day. Helped cost the Vikings home field advantage versus the Carolina Panthers, December 20th, 2009, 26-7. This was just a nightmare of a day. This was actually the first interception Brett Favre threw that season. He was so dramatically great. And yeah, Matt freaking bleeping Moore, who was the quarterback of the Chiefs a couple of years ago, when the Vikings couldn't beat the Chiefs without Pat Patrick uh, Mahomes. Matt Effing Moore ended up leading the Chiefs to the victory just like he did <laughs> 10 years earlier with Carolina. Ah, derailing the Vikings' chances for home field advantage. That actually wasn't Favre's first interception. No, that was against Arizona, pardon me, earlier. That was another depressing day. But this is, I believe, when E.J. Henderson had his... Yeah, because it was late in the year. E.J. Henderson uh, broke his femur from his teammate, Hussein Abdullah. Thank you very much. For that, if I remember, if that was his name, I believe so. The safety for the Vikings that day. I'm getting his name. Uh, well, okay, it was Medeo Williams. It was Medeo Williams who couldn't get an interception. He was very mediocre, but he was able to smash really hard into. Uh, yeah, he could hit people hard, but that was about it. And that time he hit the wrong guy. Just a 
very bad rotten luck day. One of the few Vikings wins in 2011 was against Carolina, 24-21. That's funny. 3-13 season. Awful. 2013, Carolina destroyed the Vikings. Terrible team with Leslie Frazier. 2014, Vikings 31-13. Oh... 2016, Vikings win a meaningless 22 to 10 game. No, it wasn't meaningless, but this is actually yep. This was actually during our 5 and 0 start. That was a lot of fun, and this is the one that that really helped. Uh, this was one of the games again, similar to eight years in the past at this stage. December 2009 versus December 2017 in Carolina that helped mess up the Vikings' chances of having home field advantage in the conference final and also had a major, major, major loss of a very important player in this game. A lot of people thought, oh, he's just the weak, you know, he's the weakest offensive lineman. There's no such thing. Uh, you know, it's okay if we lose him. Nick Easton had the, uh, the ankle fracture and that was it for him. Vikings end up losing in a very depressing fashion in North Carolina. A lot of people were afraid this was a trap game and it sure the heck was. Very depressing loss for the Vikings that day. Losing Nick Easton was not a good thing. The Vikings' uh, pass protection was already kind of questionable, like it has been the last decade plus. But that was, wow, that was the beginning of the end of that wonderful playoff run for the Minnesota Vikings, that wonderful 13-3 and uh, and season. That was the beginning of the end uh, when that took place. And last year, the Vikings beat Carolina by one point late in the season to help pad our record, basically. Nine and six. I think I went on that a little longer than I should have, but oh well. That's kind of how history is, though, and you don't play the team as often. It's kind of cool to look at it. Philadelphia ended up beating Carolina today, where Carolina was definitely off to the better start. Josh Donald, Sam Donald, I, Darnold, I don't know what I'm talking about. Sam Darnold is 0-1 versus the Vikings so far, and he's back to throwing INTs again. That Philly defense had him throwing three interceptions today. Sounds like the Sam Darnold of the Jets, and that's the guy we beat uh, two years ago, another yucky season. Excuse me, that was uh, that was three years ago already with the Jets. 2018, it's already been three years. That's weird. Sam Darnold had three interceptions in that game. Disappointing. The Vikings end up beating the New York Jets in a very cold, snowy day. One of the few wins of that season that was halfway decent, I guess. But they were an awful Jets team. Jalen Hurts did a little bit of something against Carolina, but not a whole lot. And it looks like uh, McCaffrey's hurt again. We'll see if he plays for the uh, Carolina Panthers next week. Obviously, that's kind of important. Without Christian McCaffrey, Carolina's extremely beatable, and that certainly didn't help Sam Darnold's chances today. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard led them in rushing with 101 yards. So far, he hasn't been anything super special for the Carolina Panthers. It's been a mess, obviously, and of course, he's the backup running back when you have uh, Christian McCaffrey. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll look at that in a moment here. He actually had a good game, though, to be quite fair. Kind of like uh, Alexander Madison. So sometimes your backup running back is able to get the job done at the end of the day, and that's nice to know. I wish I could be optimistic about the Vikings, but they look like crap. And I have a feeling it's going to be another one of those games where the Vikings will just, you know, look like crap again. <laughs> that's kind of what I have a feeling is going to happen. Uh, that's how I feel. It's in Carolina, or North Carolina, basically. <laughs> Raleigh, Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. 
It's another nooner, which is good. Gotta like that. Gotta like those nooners on Fox. You know, if this Vikings team was halfway decent, I'd say this should be uh, this should be a very doable win for Minnesota, especially if there's no Christian McCaffrey. But I'm not sure what to think right now. I mean, I'm not impressed with the Vikings at all, and I don't think anybody is at this moment. Christian McCaffrey doubtful with a hamstring this past week. So hamstrings are one of those, you know, uh, one of those weird situations. You just don't know. Shaq Thompson, obviously valuable linebacker. He was out with a foot injury. Mm. Questionable was, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a little bit. These are these are these were their statuses going into the game. Delvin Cook was just questionable going into today's game, and uh, Michael Pierce was an elbow. First, I think I called it an ankle elbow. It was an elbow. So, and I did know that, but it came out wrong. I do apologize. Of course, the ankle was <laughs> Delvin Cook. Christian McCaffrey dealt with a hamstring this past week, and of course, he did not play. Hamstrings, you know, those are those are tricky. Of course, I think a lot of you know that. It shouldn't be like any type of season-ending type of thing. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey so far this year had been absolutely spectacular leading into the game. In offense, the Vikings are 10th, well, we're 10th coming into this week. 6th for Carolina. 6th in passing yards for Carolina. Isn't that crazy? Rushing the Vikings only 13th despite Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, that's how very bad we've been. 16th for Carolina. That's weird, too. But I guess they've been more pass-centric in North Carolina. Total yards, Vikings 15th. That's that kick-ass offense everybody's bragging about. It's not a kick-ass offense. It's a it's an up-and-down offense. That's what it is. Right in the middle. Smacky-dabby. Right smacky-dabby in the middle. Carolina 12th points per game. 17th for the Vikings. 12th for Carolina. I, it'd be nice if this could be updated, you know, after today's game, but of course it's not. But this is just kind of leading into things. North Carolina, time of possession. Third in the league. Outstanding. They've been great about having the ball, but today just wasn't a good day for them. And, of course, uh, obviously there have been a frustration with the interceptions, a bit of turnovers. Nothing super bad, though. Both teams have had a ton of sacks. Vikings 5th, North Carolina 4th. And, of course, both teams added some sacks today. Minnesota points against were 11th in the league, and North Carolina only third. Wow, they're third. They've been outstanding on the 87. But again, today's game certainly didn't help uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. Vikings only gave up 16 today. So, uh, well, I think the Vikings caught up there a little bit. 11th in the league going into today's game. Total yards per game defensively against Vikings 26th. Talk about Ben, but don't break. 26th Carolina third. Obviously a tough, solid defense in Carolina, passing yards second in the league against Vikings, 18th, 18th, 25th in rushing yards against the Vikings. Just can't stop the run at all. And Carolina, 10th. So their defense is obviously well up there, well, well up there, way up there, and that's that's awesome. It is a, a great thing indeed. Sorry, kind of looking at a lot of stuff here, but uh, it's nice to have. It's nice to know how these teams kind of match up. Carolina's going to win the game. I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but they are. Uh, I got to think they're more likely to get the job done. Quarterback comparison, Kirk Cousins is way better than Sam Darnold so far. 
Cook versus McCaffrey. If McCaffrey's healthy, that's an awesome deal. But, of course, neither one of them can stay freaking healthy. Justin Jefferson versus DJ Moore. I mean, uh, you got to think Justin Jefferson's better. DJ Moore is obviously a very solid receiver, though. Let's be fair about that. DJ Moore is, is, is good, too. But he's uh, not quite on Justin Jefferson's level, in my humble opinion. That's the uh, <laughs> that's just a fact. But I think Carolina wins the game, and the Vikings drop to two and four as we head closer and closer to the end of Mike Zimmer's tenure in Minnesota. We barely beat a team that's zero and five today in our own house. They had us beat. They had us beat because we kept messing around and screwing around and letting them hang around forever. That's how sports work. You let uh, not a very good team or a terrible team or whatever you call the Detroit Lions. If they're good, they're terrible. They're they're mediocre. They're they're kind of bad. It doesn't matter. You let them hang around as they kept screwing around and floundering. Both teams kept doing that. And then you let Detroit catch up and, and almost get the job done. It was by the grace of God that we were that our kicker was able to make a 54-yarder and a 55-yarder in the game that helped us win. That's why Greg Joseph was easily the Fran Tarkington Award winner for today. Carolina wins the football game. McCaffrey or not, Carolina's going to win the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Carolina's going to win the game. Maybe the Vikings come out with a beautiful, beautiful effort going into the bye and we're 500, but it's hard to be optimistic right now with how things are going. It's extremely, extremely hard. But uh, Carolina will win the football game. I think their defense is going to frustrate this offense that's continuing to be mediocre at best, despite the fact they have weapons up the you-know-what. There are so many weapons in this Vikings offense, but we continue to screw around and screw around and screw around. Carolina wins the football game, 27-24, to 24, close game, but the North Carolina, <laughs> the North Carolina rally, whatever they want to call them, Panthers defeat the Vikings, 24, no, 27-24 in a close one. Greg Joseph will make a couple kicks along the way, if I'm doing the math correctly, it doesn't matter to me, actually, just he's going to make a kick or two in the game. Uh, Carolina ends up getting the job done, though, by three points, and the Vikings drop to 2-4, and four, and the fire Zimmer talk does not end until the end of the season when the deed will be done by the end of the year. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for some fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number three, fan interaction segment. I don't think there's any call-ins. Checking one last time. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com is where you can send your audio submissions. Simply use your recording, uh, your your smart device, the free recording application, voice recording application. Just <laughs> hit the record button. Save it and email it slash share it to paladinolive.com. That's all you have to do. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com as I try to calm the frick down now. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. That's where we're going to go now. And I got a retweet from Kenny Brown and Malcolm McSween on the most recent episode. Looks like Finster Mono didn't retweet it this time around. Maybe he's annoyed with me for... Uh, crashing on Baker Mayfield. He said, turn it up. 
I guess that's kind of a, a, a an Australian slang for shut up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of in a way. He's having fun though. Obviously, we're not. We're far from having. We're far, far from being enemies or anything like that. That's for sure. Um, trying to see. Okay, it can mean knock it off, will ya? Yeah, not like shut up, but knock it off, will ya? Turn it up. <laughs> Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, "Good podcast, brother." That stat says everything about Zimmer teams. Yep, the uh, versus teams that are had a, a by above five hundred record. It's been horrendous, like in the twenty percent tile. That's pretty freaking bad. Continue. Yeah, Mad Martin says, totally agree. I find no pleasure in saying it, but winning these games is pointless. We cannot get near the big game, and that's the aim. Nice rhyme there. I had tweeted out saying, thank you very much for that, and yes, I think it's time. This is a losing battle. Winning today means almost nothing. Yeah, yeah. He said we were looking good today. That's four points left on the table. Yep, that'd be when we couldn't get in the end zone on another one. Yet again, another terrible Zimmer clock management at the end of the first half. 40-plus seconds and two timeouts go for points. This is garbage. That was really bad, and the fan base was booing the bleep out of them. Deservedly so. I mean, they were booing the... They were booing the crap out of them. They were, and I'm sorry, uh, Mad Martin, that I wasn't as active on Twitter as I should have been. Yeah, but uh, I appreciate all the tweets, as they will absolutely get read on the show. Uh, Matt Martin says, Zimmer is playing not to lose because he's playing to keep his job. Garbage win here. Uh, garbage win here does nothing for this team against an injury riddled Lions team. Yeah, see, they were injury riddled too because uh, they had a missing left tackle in the game. And, I mean, just think about that. A missing left tackle. That's the other major detail of this game that didn't get mentioned a whole lot earlier. That's another major thing, not by me or anyone else. So, obviously, I'm part of the problem there. Vince, uh, Mad Marvin was saying, time for a good rant. Yep, I, oh, gosh, so many rants. He says, I guess the story of the Zimmer-Spielman era will be the inability to draft and develop an O-line. You have a pylon like Cousins as a quarterback, and then he is running for his life or getting hit, and we wonder why they don't win on a regular basis. This is coming down to the wire, playing a team in rebuilding mode, and we are a touchdown ahead. If we've any chance this season, games like this have to be statement games. I'm bored watching this game. Yeah, me too. Me too, my friend. Me too. Basically, Zimmer football equals three yards and a cloud of dust. Three yards and a cloud of dust. I wish I could pull up that sound effect. that I, Maybe I can here. Here is my attempt at doing that. Yep, that's the three yards and a cloud of dust sound effect. <laughs> three yards and a cloud of dust, folks. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? But uh, let's get back where we need to be. It's it's true, though. I mean, that's the sound effect. Yeah, I just created it here on the fly. Uh, obviously, Castlevania three when you die, and it's just, you know, me and my friend Paul years ago, Thought about how perfect that is. Every time a running back gets stopped right away, it's da -da 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 -da. it's just perfect. Yeah, Sebastian was laughing as you know what off after the uh, two-point conversion. He's ah, <laughs> and I was too. I was like, oh wow, this is funny, man. Hashtag fire zero. Hashtag fire Spielman. Hashtag Detroit versus Minnesota. Hashtag or not hashtag, but at Purple Mafia Show at Jeff Schlegel. And you know what, Sebastian? You know what, Black Space nine nine nine. I agree. I agree. I agree. Let's start over, damn it. We have to. And it's, and I don't mean 
cut all the players either. Obviously, you can't do that. That's impossible. But because uh, you're not completely starting over, you'll still have those offensive weapons. You'll still have your wonderful Delvin Cook contract, at least for now, depending on what the new GM would do. You still have uh, Justin Jefferson. Hopefully, a comp- an offense that actually features him a bit more than this one, where he was basically just left out of it, and he was probably frustrated beyond belief. I don't want to lose him, just like we lost Stefan Diggs. There's a reason why Stefan Diggs left. So, yes, you're nailing it, Sebastian. I'm not disagreeing with you. You are not a bad fan. You're a good fan because you're saying this is BS. Let's let's put an end to this. I'm so glad that Score North is actually willing to say that. We're KFAN. Give me a break. You know, hey, we're sticking through it through thick and thin. Yeah, good for you. I'm still a Vikings fan. I'm not quitting on the Vikings as a whole, but if you think coming out and saying it's time to it's you know it's time to head in a different direction you think that makes you a jackass you think saying this game really sucked today is it makes you a jackass I, I don't think it does mad martin jumps back in and says a kicker bails out simmer and probably saves his job how's that for a twist only against the lions it's time to move on yep i think so too Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand. Sebastian Barden, by the way, Mankato, Minnesota. Congratulations on the second kid. My uh, my friend, congratulations. Tanae Wilson-Brown, out of New Zealand, says, play calling needs to get back to what works. Kirk was moving the ball with ease in the first few games. Last week and this one has been pretty poor. Yes, it has. Mad Martin jumps in again, says, Lions have a banged-up secondary. This should have been a blowout. Okay, I, I, I just added it in the Canadian accent. Every time I see blowout, I think of Darren Pang, uh, of uh, you know, for yeah, Canadian hockey analyst. Says, uh, "Not the garbage we've watched. Not the garbage we've watched. Terrible play calling." Yes. Oh, I want to hear your voice again, Man Martin. Lions have a banged up secondary. This should have been a blowout. Not the garbage we've watched. Terrible play calling. Okay, sorry. I hope I didn't imitate you really poorly there. I just, I can't help it. Tenney Wilson-Brown, New Zealand, by the way, again says, Justin Jefferson with 100 yards in the first half and he finishes with 124. Just ridiculous. He had his way all game. Yeah, he would have had like 200 plus and like three touchdowns if things were handled correctly. He would have been a fantasy phenom. He would have been a fantasy phenom uh, in, in FP. Okay, sorry. Mad Martin again says, we've, we've a, yep, I love that. We've a hired, uh, excuse me, we've a high-powered O, but Zimmer is used to running the ball, controlling time of possession, and our time of possession sucks. That's the funny part. Carolina, third in the league, by the way. Wasn't that an amazing stat? And playing defense. His defense isn't good enough for that anymore, and he refuses to adjust. Time got the Wolves. Time got the Wolves to adjust the coach for starters. Yep, time to change the coach for starters. Yes, yep, I agree. I agree. Tenney is back again, says, and to think we were that close to having Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what's funny? Because his play calling sucks, too, <laughs> against us. But obviously against other teams, he's been better. It is funny. He had probably his worst game as a head coach, and we still lost. You realize that? Kevin Stefanski probably had his worst game as a head coach in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium last week. Because I don't know if he was, like, I don't know. Like, he's, like his mentality probably wasn't where it needed to be. He's a little too excited or something. Um, Tanae Brown says, Purple Mafia Show, hashtag Fire Zimar. What I had tweeted was, the play calling in this game has been utterly ridiculous. I'm tired of it. That's weird. It shows three replies and I'm seeing one. 
Okay, so, okay. Yep, Mad Martin says, time for a good rant. I'm bored watching this team. Yeah, okay, that's where those came from. That was a while ago. Huh. And the final one from Mad Martin says, this win looks like a loss. This win feels like a loss because Zimmer stays in the job for another week. Yep, yep. Some people believe he might have been let go before that. Yeah, may, or might have been let go if the Vikings ended up losing the game. Crazy, and uh, I wouldn't have been against it. Win about against the Buffalo Bills are now ahead. And they have the ball in the red zone. Let's go, Buffalo. In Kansas City, by the way, in Arrowhead Stadium where the Vikings never win. Absolutely never. We've never won in that building. We won last time in the 1970s, early 70s, I believe, when they were not in Arrowhead Stadium yet. So Vikings have never won in Arrowhead. Let's move on to Facebook. Okay, well, remember, what is this? Oh, I was burning a nice fire outside. Yeah, I love doing that stuff. That's cool. I'll share it really quick. I didn't actually have the Pearl Mafia part brought up yet. And this thing is slower than a dead cat trying to play running back for the Vikings. Come on, man. Oh, my God. I hate this. Dear Facebook, get your head out of your... Yep, it's doing it again. Okay, we might have to... Uh... Make an adjustment on the fly. Sounds like uh, my life. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, at least it works this way so far, I thought. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't understand why it's doing that. So we'll have to go in the direction I'm going now. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. There was only likes on the most recent episode on Facebook, so now we'll move on. Vikings Cook vows to play through ankle injury. Well, I'm glad he vowed to play through it. Most relevant, my butt. All comments are relevant, you sons of biscuits. Mark Carlson says, win, lose, win or lose on Sunday, I would rather rest the ankle. Agreed, and they did, and they won. They won. They, he rested the ankle, and they won. Isn't that nice? I was saying, I'm 100% on your side. On, on this one, what's the point? Mike Gale from the New York area says, exactly, and risk imp- uh, irreparable damage in a season where we're 1-3 and have no real chance of winning a Super Bowl. I don't even care about just making the playoffs anymore. I agree. I'm sick of just losing in the first round anyway. So incredibly foolish on both Delvin and the Vikings. If he's not healthy enough to play, well, just put Madison in as he's effective. And the guy truly deserves his shot. I agree with that a million percent. Dave Hickey, Iowa, much like Mark Carlson, says, Agreed, Mark. There's no need to play Cook against the Lions if they can beat them with Madison then we're in trouble and the rest of the season, uh, the rest of the year and all that. Yeah, I mean, we could have blown them out with Madison today if the Minnesota Vikings, you know, like handled things a little better, the offense and such with Justice Jefferson. You know, use what's working. You know, that's what used to drive me nuts about Dennis Green at times. He was like the offensive genius of all time. Not. I, I never thought he was. He was good, but sometimes he was stubborn. And obviously he was a hater. If you don't think Dennis Green was a hater, you're crazy. Of course he was. Of course he was. Just listen to some of the things he'd said back in the day. Okay. Um, yeah, Brett McCarthy, very active and always appreciate that. It's the best ever. I love Brett McCarthy and appreciate that. Um, yeah, I wish this could be in chronological order. It'd be so much better. But anyhow, Brett McCarthy was saying three and out again. What kind of game are they calling? And then, yeah, that was just, oh, absolutely horrible. I'm tired of the garbage. Mark Carlson says, traveling with my beautiful wife, Cindy Carlson, but listening to the game on on Worthington, Minnesota Station, AM 730, KWOA. Skull. Cool. 
probably not to hear P.A. Paul Allen. As much as a homer as he can be on the radio when he's on it, just doing his, his uh, you know, Paul Allen show or whatever they call it in the morning. Yeah, it's the P.A. on the mic, whatever, Paul Allen in the morning. Uh, he's, a, he's a great play-by-play announcer. I won't deny that. Um, Brett McCarthy said, camping? Brett McCarthy's from South Dakota. Uh, Mark Carlson says, sort of. Staying in a camp... Stayed in a campground in a small town in southwestern Minnesota to help a relative with a few things around the house and grilled for a bunch of my family, too, Brett. That's pretty cool. Is that pork or chicken? That looks like chicken. Yes, yes. I really like grilled chicken, Mark. Just so you know, that is awesome. That looks really good. That's really cool, man. It really is. Yep, that's a nice-looking trailer there. Yes, sir. Kind of a camping trailer dealy. Brad McCarthy says Breland needs needs to go. Can't cover anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Um, he was saying, and here are the Lions marching right down the field, and the offensive woes continues. Why aren't we taking shots down the field? Lions secondary can't cover Jefferson. I'm not sure why. It's it's the mystery of the day. That's another urban legend of the day. What the hell, man? Yeah, not what the hell to Brett McCarthy. What the hell, Minnesota? Brett McCarthy says talent is not showing up on offense again. Or bad play calling. Ah, uh, bad play calling. Mike Dale, and both, both, though. Mike Dale says great to see the defense step up and make the big plays when needed. Yep, I mean, we had the sacks and all that, and that was good. Brett McCarthy comes back and says, why are we throwing down the field or dink and dunk? Skull. That was a, that was the first tw- uh, message of the day. Jeff Freeland from Iowa said, "Skull." I commented earlier that the game is wrapped up, and then the the shit show happened. I deleted the comment, cussed a bunch, and then and then they won. My poor heart. Oh yes, wasn't that weird? That was funny. That was really funny, actually, Jeff. <laughs> it was hilarious. Not not making not saying you're not saying you're funny in a bad way. I'm saying the whole situation was funny in a bad way. Yeah, um, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jeff. That was great. Mike Dale says, a complete team of sackless effing chokers. That does not make you a bad fan, by the way. Anybody that would say Mike Dale is a bad fan? No, no, it does not make him a bad fan. I think I think you're a weak fan if you're just going to wear face paint and say, oh, we'll, we'll get him next time. That's not my style. It's not even close to my style. Ali Siddiqui had a blast at the game. I'm glad he had fun. Sports are more than just a game. They help bring people together. That's cool. Yep, glad you had a good time, Ali Siddiqui. I'm not sure if he's listening or not, but just in case he is. Ben McCarthy says this offense is fill in the blank. Yep, Greg Joseph might have saved Zimmer's job for now. That was Mike Dale. Yankees don't deserve to win, according to Brad McCarthy. I agree. Yankee William, or Yankees on, says... Offensive play calling is dull and conservative. Brayland is still garbage. Brad McCarthy said, oh my God, offense is off today. Unbelievable play calling. Zimmer needs to go. Unreal. Clint, can Clint do something with the ball now? And then Mike Dale, way, way to atone Griff with a couple of stacks. Final comment in this in-game thread was, if, if I were the Lions, run the ball right at us. Clearly we can't stop it. Yeah, that's the thing. See, neither team attacked the other team's weakness, did they? We didn't attack in the air. We could have destroyed the Detroit Lions. Kirk Cousins has been the MVP of the Vikings this year, and Justin Jefferson is probably the true MVP, or at least a killer combination of the two. Just like imagining uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. If it's working, keep it going. 
because that's going to be a deadly attack. Oh, yeah, Mahomes incomplete to your best friend, Tyreek Hill, who likes to acknowledge that he made a, a play and everybody has to bow down to his greatness every single time he makes one play. Every single time he makes a play. But this time it was incomplete. I'm glad. Glad it was incomplete. Let's move on. <sighs> should, he should play for the Golden State Warriors. Mike Dale, or shall we go? Yeah, let's go in chronological order. This one is, I believe, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Welcome back. Says the Vikings sh shouldn't have had to fight that hard to win against this Detroit team. I'm not sure they deserve this win, but I'll take it. Yeah, 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 I suppose. I, I mean, I guess we don't have a choice at this point, right? <laughs> uh, the Judd Zolgat approach, obviously, is like, just forget it, tank, and get the highest draft pick. Believe me, I don't disagree with that. I don't, but at the same time, I mean, you, you feel better when they win, even if it's meaningless. You still feel better. I, I, I kind of get that a bit. Tanae Brown says, just bad, about as bad as you can feel after a win, really. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's empty. It's empty, and you know it's not going to mean anything. And I do want a very high draft pick, and I mean really high. And I want the new general manager to, to make the pick. And pray to God it isn't an idiotic pick, just like so many have been uh, with so many franchises, you know, with, with so many of the times with our franchises here in Minnesota. Like Paul Fenton's first pick with the Wild, and it was, you know, like, I don't even remember the guy's name now. <laughs> Uh, Johansson, the defenseman who is basically invisible. You know, we, we, we still don't know who he is and why he was taken. You know, not many people knew even who he was. First round pick for the wild defenseman four years ago. Hasn't done anything. Let's continue. Brett McCarthy says didn't deserve it. Offensive plate calling in the second half was terrible. Now second straight week. Trey Buckles out of South Dakota. A bit more of the duckies and bunnies variety in this post, but that's okay. That's okay. That's what we're all here for. A win is a win. We played much too conservative, but did seem in control until the very end. I mean, I, I, under, I understand. I feel you there. I totally feel you there. Leland Albertson says, Leland from Iowa says, decided to mow the yard instead. Just watched a game recap and wasn't very impressed. Yeah, I wasn't either, you know, yeah, with everything. It actually felt good watching a game-winning field goal. The Mafia doesn't get those to see that very often. Wish that would happen in the NFC title game and or the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be great? Because, I mean, even winning in the conference or divisional round doesn't mean anything anymore. It's exciting and it's fun. But I want to see something new. Something that's never happened in my lifetime. Winning the NFC championship and then a Super Bowl championship. That's what I want to see. I've seen us get to that conference final game, what, five times now? Yeah, 87, 98, 2000. 2009 and 2017. That would be five stinking times. And we lost all of them. Alright, well, next. Mike Dale wraps things up with a big, 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 big post. Ugly win against a poor team. Nothing to really celebrate as the Vikings tried to give the win to the Lions. Yes, we did. And we pretty much did give the win to the Lions until they were very generous and gave it back by not stopping anybody. And then Greg Joseph seize the moment as good as any kicker can do it. He seized the moment and you know what, that's why Greg Joseph is a well-deserving Fran Tarkington Award winner because he deserved the win. There's one guy on that field today that deserved the win more than anybody else. That was Greg Joseph. Despite the fact he missed that effing 49-yard. Uh, I gotta stop swearing. That bleeping 49-yarder. Let's just keep going. Pros, Justin Jefferson and Alexander Madison until he fumbled. 
I almost don't even want to call him that after he fumbled. You know, I'm sick of the fumbling. It's just fumbleitis in Minnesota. It doesn't matter who the running back is. Adrian Peterson, Terry Allen. Well, I don't think Terry Allen fumbled much. Robert Smith never fumbled, thank you, God. But it didn't matter, right? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, other people would mess it up later. Let's just get back where I need to be. The defense made a bunch of good plays when they needed to, causing turnovers at critical points in the game and deep in their own territory, which prevented the Lions from putting points up on the board. You can't blame them for not being able to stop the Lions after Madison fumbled deep in our own half. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. The cast rush started to ramp up in the second half. Greg Joseph, okay, he missed the 49-yarder, but he came up with aces. Uh, 55 from, and then the clutch game winner for 54. Still not convinced he has the stomach, nerves, and mental fortitude to kick consistently for a team ran by Mike Zimmer. Not sure anybody does. Cons. Madison's left arm. I'm sorry, but you cannot fumble the ball at that point in the game. Vikings offense was non-existent in the second half. They were atrocious and couldn't get anything going. Rashad Breeland should be moved to the special team squad and should never line up against an opposing wide receiver on the national television ever again. Awesome post, Mike Dale. Awesome. Awesome post, <laughs> Mike Dale. I love that very much. Uh, that wraps up the fan interaction segment in terms of the fans talking. <laughs> As now we near the end of the show. Again, crazy, crazy day, crazy this and that. Let's pass out some stars. I think Mike Dale brought it home. Mike Dale brings home the, the gold... Uh, a gold-plated silver star for Mad Martin. And, boy, oh boy, just gotta love that grilled chicken, uh, Mark Carl said. Yeah, a bronze, a bronze-colored grill, grilled chicken, bronze-colored, uh, even if it was grilled pork, I'll take the grilled chicken, though, between the two. Grilled pork can be good, too, though, I've done, yeah, which I'm sure Mark Carlson would do a damn good job of. I, I don't even have to ask. I, I know he would. Did Buffalo just score again? All right. See, this. why couldn't this happen in the AFC title game last year? Of course, they probably would have lost to the Bucks, though. Man, they're kicking their butts. Why did you have to lose to Pittsburgh, Buffalo? Why? Why did you have to lose to Pittsburgh? Whoa, that was like Brashard Breeland defense right there. Nice mobility, Josh Allen, and the release and the rollout. Number 88 wide open, and good bleeping night, Mr. Knox. Good play, Knox. Congratulations. Hopefully the Buffalo Bills don't have to count in a kicker at the last second to win a game and to, you know, prevent them from losing as well in the Super Bowl just like years ago after the 1990 uh, season and January 91. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. I, w I want the Bills to win the Super Bowl. If it's not us, might as well be the Bills, I guess. Uh, even though I hate Diggs now. No, I don't hate him, but I'm disappointed. I'm distracted, but very impressed with Buffalo. That is really nice to see. Watch them lose still, though. <laughs> that would suck. Um, but yes, bronze star for Mark Carlson. Sebastian Barton is also going to ring in a bronze. I mean, a lot of you guys deserve recognition. You're so awesome. All of you. All of you are so awesome. Tanae's awesome. You know, Leland's awesome. I mean, just I can name all of you. You guys are so great. Uh, great to hear from Tony again. Really love hearing from you. Trey Buckholz, awesome hearing from you. Seriously, love hearing from you. Uh, really appreciate every one of you very, 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 very much at the end of the day. Again, if you want to get on the show with audio submission, Gerald Swing, I missed you this week. I don't know, he must have been busy. I don't think he was mad at me or anything. Must have been busy. Probably couldn't uh, 
watch the game. I'm guessing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely no post or anything. Yeah, must have been busy with something. Totally understandable. Hope everything's okay. Gerald Spring out of Nebraska. Legendary Purple Mafia follower. And Viking fan for many, many years, of course. Uh, trying to, uh, but now, again, audio submission. Again, like I said at the beginning of the segment, open the free voice recording application that's on any device on, any, on, on the planet, any smart device on the planet. Open it up. Press the record button to start talking to you like a phone call. Hit stop. Share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an mp3 file. Thanks to zumzar.com. Always appreciate having that. Really appreciate that website, zumzar.com. Vigit, the Vigit application, which I really, I keep doing this every week. Oh, I just made a great catch. You would have heard a huge bang on the floor with a controller hitting the floor. A remote controller. Not an Xbox controller or anything. <sighs> Social media for sports betters. Again, Vigit. V-I-G-I-T. V-I-G-I-T. They're two different words. Social media for sports betters. You can post about your picks and see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting leaves a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book. Bet-free coins win real prizes. Betting stats. There is great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting. So, yes, do join. Vigit would be greatly appreciated. You can, uh, again, there's no money wagering on Vigit. There is no money wagering. You're not using real money. It is like fantasy betting. Compete against each other. Join on board. If you do join and they ask for the referral, which they will, type in Paladino Live, all one word, and it will be in the show description, just like the email address for the uh, call-ins and such, and, of course, the Facebook and Twitter account. Appreciate all of you so, so damn much. Weather is changing again. Back to cooler now. Hopefully not wetter, just cooler. We'll take the cooler. Cooler is okay as long as it's not too cold. Starting to really start to look like October now. It's really starting to look like October now. It wasn't for the longest time. It still looked like a delayed September. Kind of green everywhere with a little bit of brown, a little bit of yellow. Now you're starting to get that red and orange. Starting to look like that Halloween October-ish look that a lot of you seem to like very much. And I like it as well, actually. Uh, I just wish you, I just like spring more. I'm sorry. I like the sunlight. I like the beautiful colors and the flowers. I like, I just like spring more. With that said, again, please do write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, or Audible. Greatly appreciate those of you that would do that and those of you that have done it in the past. Hope all of you have a wonderful week. Hope the Vikings can beat Carolina just for the sake of people's sanity, but at the same time, would like a nice draft pick from a new general manager as well. But we'll find out as the year progresses. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.